0: Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. Tonight, I want you to turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, as we continue this series on the prayers of Of Jesus last week. I went I ran a little bit long because we're talking about the Lord's Prayer tonight I'm going to try to compensate for that and I'm going to be a little bit short Tonight all right y'all believe that That was not many of you Uh, Yeah, I'm going to try to be a little and It shouldn't be difficult because this is actually one of Jesus's shortest prayers that are contained uh, In the prayers that are contained in the New Testament. This is one of the shortest one Uh, Of his prayers here in Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 and 26 we're gonna read those verses in just one second but let me let me point out a couple of things before we do that by and these are in your notes by his example we've been talking about this by his example Jesus taught us to pray uh, in several different manners several, several different ways first of all he taught us to pray consistently right so every day you know he would get up early he would go out on a regular consistently means praying regularly that you have a habit of prayer a discipline a daily discipline of prayer and so jesus by his example taught us to pray consistently that we ought to develop a habit develop a discipline of praying consistently spending consistent time with god number two he taught us to pray constantly I remember we talked briefly about that that praying constantly means that we are always we always have an awareness of God's presence in our life and so that no matter what we're doing at work or at play or in the marketplace or wherever we're going that we have kind of an uh, an open line of communication with God that we're hearing from Him that we're breathing out prayers to Him so it's like we're walking with our best friend and he's always, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. He's constantly with us, amen? So praying constantly means maintaining that connection uh, um, with them. Has has anybody ever called you before and they didn't realize they had called you? Maybe they dialed your number by accident and you're listening on the other end of the line and the line is just open, but you can hear them talking and going about their business and doing their own thing. Well, that's, that's kind of what is pictured there by constant prayer that you always got that line of communication it's always open between you Uh, and aren't you thankful that we don't have to go to a priest and we don't we don't have to come to church to talk to god we don't have to go through a priest to talk to god we don't have to pray to mary to go to god for us but that we have direct access through jesus christ amen so jesus taught us to pray consistently he taught us to pray constantly to keep that line of communication open and he also taught us that we ought to pray during times of crisis, that we ought to pray during times of crisis, when there, are, when there is a special concern, or there is a special need, or we're going through something particular difficult in our life, that that is an appropriate time uh, for us to pray. Here's the thing about praying in crisis, sometimes that's the only time that we pray, right, uh, is when we're going through crisis, it's, that's, that's when we call out on the Lord. But listen, it's appropriate to pray during times of crisis. Uh, that's, not, that's not the only time that we ought to pray. Can I get an amen? That's, that's not the only time that we ought to pray, but it is a good time for us to pray when we're going through some kind of crisis or some difficulty uh, in, in our life. We're going to see that here in uh, the example of, of Jesus, when he was uh, facing a question, a difficulty um, in, in his ministry. Uh, unfortunately, when we pray in crisis, here's how we usually pray when we pray during a time of crisis. We usually pray, God, get me out of this crisis. <laughs> Change the circumstances that I'm in. Well, that's not necessarily the way Jesus prayed during times of crisis or when he had, when there were questions or concerns going on. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11 and uh, beginning in verse number 25 and we're going to read two verses, but then I'm going to have to come back and set a context for you, all right? Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 says, and at that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise And the understanding, and you have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Now, as I said, this is a very short prayer that Jesus prayed. um, And he prayed it on a particular occasion. And the way that we know that is the very first phrase of verse number 25. At that time... Jesus declared this. So Jesus prayed this prayer on a particular occasion. This wasn't just one of his daily prayers. He was out praying. It wasn't a um, uh, that kind of situation. He prayed it at a particular time. Well, what was the occasion on which Jesus prayed this prayer? Well, it was after he had just denounced the cities where many of his mighty works had been done because they refused to. To believe his mighty works, and they refused to accept the message of the kingdom uh, of God, and so he had just denounced. If you look back, we're not going to read it, but if you look back at verses 20 through 24, you see that he is denouncing the cities, uh, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and then he also denounces Capernaum. Uh, because he had ministered there, the gospel had been preached there, and they had refused to believe the gospel. And so this was an occasion in which Jesus had ministered there, done great works in those cities, and they had rejected him. They had rejected the gospel. And so Jesus is praying on an occasion when people have refused to believe the gospel and rejected Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ. And so it is a it is an it is an, an occasion of unbelief where Jesus is confronted with rejection and maybe a little bit of disappointment that he has preached, he has ministered there, and they have rejected his message. They have uh, they have rejected him outright, and so Jesus prays, and Jesus prays kind of an interesting prayer here, doesn't he? Uh, he prays and he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and you have revealed them to little children. Like I said, if, if we were in a similar situation, I'm not sure that's how I would have prayed in that situation. Have you ever, have you ever been in a situation where you were disappointed with the outcome Something didn't go the way that you thought that it ought to go. It didn't turn out the way that you thought that it ought uh, to turn out. Raise your hand if you've ever been in that situation where you've, you've something hasn't gone the way that you think it ought to go. Well, that's what we're talking about here. Have you ever, have you ever been disappointed that God didn't do something that you thought maybe God ought uh, to do? You've been disappointed with how a situation has uh, turned out. Um, Have you been disappointed with somebody's, maybe you you yourself have felt rejection, or you have felt pain, or you have felt uh, scorn. So it's in this situation that Jesus prays this particular prayer, and what I want you to see is that when Jesus is in this situation, he prays a prayer that is noticeably different than the kind of prayer that we might would pray in a similar situation. Generally, when Jesus is praying in a a crisis situation or a situation where he has been rejected or there is danger or a difficult situation, generally, this is in your notes, generally Jesus did not pray for God to change the conditions of his situation, but he prayed that he would understand and that he would obey God's will. Now, we'll see this later also in his prayer in Gethsemane where he says what? Remember, not my will, Lord's, but your will be done. Who knows, that's a hard prayer to pray sometimes because what we want to pray is we want to pray that God will do our will, that he'll cause things to turn out the way that we want them to turn out. But how many knows God doesn't always do things the way that we think? They ought, uh, he ought to do it. Things don't always turn out the way that we think they ought to uh, turn out. And in those situations, Jesus doesn't necessarily pray that God changes the conditions. He prays that he would be able to understand and that he would be able to obey God's will in that particular situation. And here's, here's what has to change in our way of thinking when we're praying in that kind of situation. We have to understand that God's will is not less desirable than our will. And that's where we have a hard time. Because a lot of times we think that our will is more desirable for us than God's will. What I want is better than what God wants in that situation. And so sometimes when we say, Okay, Lord, Your will be done. It's it's almost we're praying as in we're resigning ourselves that God's going to do something that we don't want God to do, right? And so what has to change in our thinking is that God's will is always more desirable than my will in any situation. How many believe that? I know it's Wednesday night. Bump your neighbor real quick. Make sure they're awake, all right? Because y'all, I feel like I lost y'all. <laughs> when when we're praying, here's here's the thinking that has to change a lot of times when we're praying is we have to understand God's will in any situation is always better than my will in that situation. And and, and that's how Jesus prayed. When Jesus prayed for God's will uh, to be done. And so he prayed that he would... Not that God would necessarily change a situation that was uncomfortable change or change a situation that was less desirable or change a situation so that it would work out the way that he wanted it to work out. Jesus prayed that he, that Jesus would understand and become obedient to God's will in that situation because God's will is always better for us in any situation situation. Amen. So in your notes, even when we don't understand God's ways and how many knows we don't always understand the ways of God. We don't always understand why God does the things that God does. We don't understand why Jesus would go and preach in and in Bethsaida and do all those miracles in Capernaum and why they would refuse to believe and why they would reject him. We don't understand that. But even when we don't understand God's ways, we can trust God's plan for us. So even when we don't understand his ways, we can trust his plans. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says what? God says, I know my plans for you. They're plans to do what? To bless you, to prosper you, and to bring you to an expected end, right? See, here's the thing about a plan. A plan always has a goal. It always has an end. It always has a focus in mind. And the the next step in that plan may not be apparent to us. It may not always make sense to us. The direction that God takes us, the things that God does in our life, the things that he allows to happen in our life. The next step might not make sense to us. It may not be apparent to us. But how many knows sometimes that next step is always necessary for us to get us to where God wants us to be so that he can fulfill his plan in our life. So we have to learn to pray differently when things don't go the way that we think they ought to go. Because usually when things don't go the way we think they ought to go, we pray that God will change the circumstances. God, make it, make it happen the way that I think it ought to happen. God, change the conditions so that they line up with my will and my expectation of how this situation should go. And so we have to change the way that we pray in a crisis situation. We have to change the way that we pray when things don't go as we expected them to go, when we are disappointed, when we are rejected, when we are hurt, when we experience something that is uh, not positive in our life. We have to change the way that we pray, and we have to pray, God, I'm willing to trust that your will is best And so help me to understand your will and help me to become obedient to your will because I believe that your plan is better for me and that you're going to use this to fulfill your plan in my life. Do you see that tonight? So we have to change our way of praying when we're in a situation that is not going the way that we thought it should go or something hasn't turned out the way that we thought that it would turn out or God's not doing what we thought would happen in a particular situation. We have to, in those situations, rather than praying for God to change the conditions, we have to pray that God would change our perspective in the situation. So there in your notes, let's talk about five things um, that we need to learn about when we are praying for the proper perspective in a perplexing situation how's that for alliteration tonight <laughs> praying uh, for God give me the right perspective help me help me to take my eyes off of people help me to take my eyes off the circumstances and help me to get my eyes on you so that I can understand what you're doing so I can understand your will so that I can become obedient to you give me the right perspective in this situation uh, so that I can honor you in my life. So five things. Number one, begin when you're praying for perspective in a situation that's confusing, that's disappointing, where it hasn't gone the way you, you thought it ought to go. Number one, begin with thanksgiving. Always begin with thanksgiving. That's how Jesus began his prayer. He said at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. We should always Begin our prayers, especially our prayers in those situations where we're disappointed when things haven't gone the way we thought they ought to go. Begin with thanksgiving because thanksgiving reorients you toward God. It gets your attention off of the circumstances and gets your eyes back on God. Amen. You begin giving him thanks for what he has done in, your life. in fact, in your notes, I wrote this gratitude for our blessings helps with our attitude about our questions and we all have questions, don't we? God, I don't understand why you allowed this to happen. God, why did it have to go this way? I thought it should go that way. I wanted this to take place, but that took place. And we're, so we're always A lot of times we're disappointed we often have questions about god's ways why did he allow that to happen and if we're not careful our attitude about those questions how many knows it can it can drag us down and it can destroy our faith and our trust in god but by reorienting ourselves with thanksgiving and we think about the good that god has done when we start thinking about his blessings in our life then it changes our attitude about the questions that we have, right? If we know that God is a good God and that he has blessed us in the past, then it helps us uh, with a perspective about the the questions that we have about why. If I know, if I'm wondering, why did God do this in my life? Why did God allow this in my life? But I go back and I remember, oh, but God is a good God. He has blessed me in the past. He's never failed me. Before, I remember this situation and I was asking the same question, but God showed up and God answered prayer. And going back and rehearsing what God has done, the blessings in your life, it changes your attitude about the questions that you're asking about God. It reassures you that God has a plan in your life that he hasn't forgotten you. And so you begin always with thanksgiving because that... Helps you get your eyes back on God and remember His goodness and His blessings. I was watching um, the Duke game the other night. I know that doesn't surprise you guys, but I was watching the Duke game the other night, and they were they were playing Notre Dame. The coach of Notre Dame is Mike Bray, and he was an assistant coach for Mike Krzyzewski for a number of years. And they did this just this real quick little. Um, human interest story on Mike Bray uh, um, back in I think it was 2006 2007 he was going through a difficult time at Notre Dame while he was coaching there and he was really considering quitting leaving Notre Dame and he said I called up Mike Krzyzewski I called up uh, because Mike Krzyzewski has always been a mentor and a friend So I called up Mike Krzyzewski and I said look I, I'm facing this decision I'm thinking about it. He was discouraged thinking about quitting and he said to Mike Krzyzewski said look he said stop he said, do me a favor. He said, take an hour, he said, and walk around the campus of Notre Dame before you make any decision or do anything else. And Mike Bray said that he walked around the campus for an hour. Uh, Mike Shushevsky said, walk around the campus for an hour and look at what you've got. And look at where you're at. He said, I did that. He said, I walked around and saw the campus. And he said, you know, and I realized that, hey, I've got a good here, God's blessed me, and this is a good situation, it changed his attitude about the conditions that he was currently in. And that's what thanksgiving does. It helps refocus you on the goodness of God, the ways that he has blessed you in the past, because all of us can become discouraged. All of us can become disappointed when things don't turn out the way that we thought that they ought to turn out. God doesn't do what we thought God ought to do. But going back, rehearsing his blessings, thanking God for the things that he has done in your life changes your perspective about the condition that you're in, the things that you're going through. So always begin with thanksgiving. Number two, acknowledge God. So begin with thanksgiving. Number two, uh, acknowledge God as Father and God. Notice Jesus does that. He says, I thank you, Father, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So acknowledging God as Father and God gives us a perspective on God that helps us deal with discouragement and disappointment. First of all, acknowledging God is our Father. We've already talked about that. That means that God is what? He is our Dad that he loves us, that he's a good God and he does good things toward uh, to us. God's intention is to bless us and to help us. Amen. So acknowledging him as God acknowledges that he is a good heavenly father and then acknowledging him as God or, or, or as Lord acknowledges that he is all powerful. So his Uh, In your notes there, God's perfect love and his absolute power in our life are never in conflict. God loves us with a perfect love, which means he is always going to do what is good for us. And he is absolutely powerful, which means that he is able to do uh, what is good for us. And his perfect love and his absolute power are never in conflict in our life because he is completely sovereign. That means that he is able to work everything together for our good and for his glory. How many believe that tonight? He is a good heavenly father and he is a sovereign almighty God and so whatever he is doing in our life at any moment, he is making it work together for our good and also for his glory, amen? So when we, when we acknowledge that God is our Father and that he is our Lord, then we are acknowledging that he loves us with a perfect love and he has the absolute power to do good uh, to us. Then number three, Confess the limitations of your wisdom. When you're praying for perspective in a situation where maybe you are discouraged or disappointed, confess the limitations of your wisdom. God's perfect will. Jesus prays this. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding God's perfect will is sometimes concealed by the conceit of human pride. What, is, what does that mean? It means that we, sometimes we struggle to believe that God knows best because we think we know what is best. And because something that God does in our life contradicts what we think God ought to do in our life or what we think is best for us um, then God's ways are sometimes concealed from us because, and how many knows, that's that's just pride. When we think that we know better than God, how many knows that's human pride? But our wisdom is limited. God can see what we cannot see. God is transcendent over us he sees our life perfectly he knows what is best for us he knows what is going to bring glory to his name and so when we pray for perspective we have to confess to God our limitations the limitations of our wisdom we say God I don't understand why this didn't turn out the way that I thought that it ought to turn out but God I confess that my wisdom is limited. My viewpoint is limited. I can't see everything. I don't understand (laughs) everything. For me to presume to tell you what you ought to do is arrogant and prideful because I believe that you know best. You see better. You know what's best for all of us. And so praying for perspective means confessing our limitations the limitations of our wisdom to God. And then number four, pray for a childlike faith. So God hides uh, his wisdom from the wise and the understanding and he reveals them to little children. So as we confess the limitations of our wisdom, we pray that God would give us a childlike faith. And there's three ingredients to a childlike faith. Number one, the ability to trust in God's promises. The ability to just believe, God, I believe you're my heavenly father. And if you've said it, you've promised it, you've said it in your word, then I believe it. And I'm willing to stand on your word and trust your promises. Just like a child trusts their parents. So the ability to trust God's promises. Number two, the ability to believe the impossible to just believe Um, it's not until we get older that we start doubting things to believe the impossible and then number three to remain teachable teachable God I don't understand why it happened this way I don't understand why you did it this way but God I'm willing to trust you I'm willing to believe in your power to change situation to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ to do good to me in the midst of this and so Lord teach me how to honor you teach me God what you want me to know in this, in this situation so to remain teachable so we pray for a childlike faith and then number five praying for a perspective in a situation such as this number five You affirm God's gracious will. Jesus ends and says, You revealed these things to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. God's intent is always to do good, to be gracious, to show his grace to us. And we understand God's grace. God's grace has been revealed to us Through whom? Through Jesus Christ. God has revealed his grace to us through Jesus Christ. And so the concluding statement there is that we understand the Father. We understand how gracious he is because he has revealed his grace to us by coming to the Son. How do we understand the Father? By coming to the Son. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father you know me, then you know the Father. And so we understand the Father's gracious will by coming to the Son. So let's, uh, let's look at verses 27 through 30 where Jesus actually makes that clear to us. And then we'll conclude this. So Jesus prays this prayer. At this, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understand you revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious, gracious will. Verse 27, and all things have been handed over to be by me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. In Verse 28, so come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that a wonderful promise, amen? And we can come to Jesus and and we can find we can find rest and we can have peace even in the midst of a difficult situation, even in the midst of our disappointment with Things don't go the way that we think that they ought to go. We can still have peace with God by coming to Jesus Christ and receiving his rest. We can be at rest in times of difficulty because we'll know that God is in control, that he is always at work in our life, and all will be well because he has sent Jesus Christ to us. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.